I'm so happy you found your way to this podcast, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'd love for you to become a part of my community. So if you feel inspired, please visit www.beamindfulparent.com and sign up to my newsletter. For signing up, you'll receive the Busy Parents Guide to Practicing Mindfulness, which includes learnings, meditations, and practices to support your path. Also, if you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Life is messy, and it's exactly within this messiness where our greatest opportunities for growth live. We are in this together. Let's go, or should I say, let's be. Pause, deep breath. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the podcast, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'm your host, Michelle Gale, and I am here with Mike Robbins. He is the author of four books, including his latest, Bring Your Whole Self to Work, which comes out in May. He's a well-known motivational keynote speaker and an expert in emotional intelligence. He also happens to be one of my very dearest friends, and I'm so excited to welcome him on the podcast. Hey, Michelle, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. And I'm excited for your new book to come out and to be able to share this time with our listeners um, who work. So either work at home, from home, work out of the home, and do this balancing thing that we all try <laughs> to yeah. do. I don't know that I believe in work-life balance, but <laughs> we're, we're all giving something a go, aren't we? Yeah, no kidding. If you can figure out the work-life balancing, please let me know. <laughs> I think it's a myth. Um, I've been meaning to do a podcast specifically on that, the myth of work-life balance. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think it's a thing. I think it's just meeting each moment as best we can. Yeah. Sometimes just hanging on yeah. <laughs> by our fingernails. For sure. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about this book? Just, you know, what brought it into the world? What are the, you know, the big, um, the big messages that you're bringing through in it? I'd love to, to hear a little bit more about it. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to, to be talking about it. I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's my fourth book and I've, I've, you know, one of the reasons that I wrote this one in particular, Michelle, I mean, I've been speaking and coaching um, for 17 years now. Wow. And it's amazing to me sometimes when I think about that, because it just, I swear it feels like it was last week when I started doing this. But I've, you know, the books that I've written prior to this have all focused on very personal topics. I wrote a book on appreciation. I wrote a book on authenticity. I wrote a book on self-compassion. And most of the work that I've done over the 17 years I've had my business is companies hire me and bring me in and I speak and I work with teams and I speak to leaders. And, you know, I mean, that's, and it's always been this interesting... <laughs> I sort of felt like I'm kind of walking in two worlds, if you will, like my work and the things I write about are very personal. But when I get invited to come in and speak, it's in this context of business and leadership and success. And so it, it, the journey has been, you know, and, and even how you and I met at the Wisdom 2.0 conference many years ago in 2011, it's like the worlds of the personal sort of personal growth, personal development and professional growth and development have continued to merge more and more. Yeah. And so this book, you know, bringing your whole self to work to me is a culmination really of all the work I've done for these 17 years and really how can we bring our own personal journey, who we really are as parents, as sons and daughters, husbands and wives, friends and family, you know, into 
our work as much as possible, which is really what a lot of what I've tried to focus on for many years in the work that I do. And I think today's business world and today's world that we live in is calling for that. Like we, we need to do that. It's essential that we do that. And it's still challenging for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And I think specifically for parents and specifically for parents who have to go into an office yeah. regularly, um, you know, they often suffer in silence. Yeah. But not being able to be their full self. When I worked at Twitter, you know, I would often have circles of parents or talk to parents one-on-one. And, and it was often this feeling of like that they were hiding yeah. you know, to hide, you know, they didn't want to, you know, maybe there was a meeting, a last minute meeting happening at six, but they promised their kids to be home for dinner. And there's just this torturing that would go on inside. Like, what do I do? Right. Right. It is, and it's, it's tricky, I think, because, you know, when I talk to, I think about myself as a parent, and I also think of talking to a number of people that I interact with in my work. And I think there's often this sense of guilt on both sides, right? Like, like sometimes I can feel guilty because I'm working so much, even with my own business, or when I talk to people who work for a big company, or again, there's a meeting, there's a conference, there's a thing. It's like, oh, I have to be away from my family, from my children, and that feels bad and feels guilty. On the flip side, the ones, the one that we talk about less is the sometimes being grateful to have work to do so that I don't have to deal with my children or my family and then feeling guilty that I'm like, I'm happy about the business trip, right? Do you know what I mean? Like people don't really talk about that one because that's a lot less socially acceptable. It's more socially acceptable to say, oh, I feel so bad. I'm away from my children. It's not as socially acceptable to go, I'm really glad to be here. They're driving me crazy. You know what I mean? That is such a good point. And I feel that way sometimes. I was just down in San Diego for a couple of days for work. And I was like, here I am sitting at this little table looking <laughs> We're done waiting to do my next session. Right. Well, but what I'd be, what I'm interested though, what I'm curious about for you is also as a mom, I do think as much progress as we've made in the world, I do think women mothers get interacted with and related to very differently about them than those of us as men and fathers. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I talk to friends of mine, female friends of mine who do the kind of work that I do, or just in general, I'm sure, I imagine it's true for you that there's a, oh, you must be hard to be away from your children in this sort of judgmental kind of condescending way. Whereas, you know, I don't usually get that conversation from other people all that often. And I think some of it has to do with the fact that I'm a man and I'm a father that's like, okay, well, you're out doing your work in the world. That's great. But therefore, as the mother, there's a different set of rules that we have. And so I think that's also true even inside of, you know, businesses in, in the corporate world. If it's not about traveling and being away, it's just there's different expectations and pressures that we have and certain things that we expect of mothers unfairly, I think, at times that aren't the same expectations as fathers. Definitely. And, but I also think it's what mothers expect of themselves. Yes. And I know like my, my husband, Ricardo and I, you know, we're just in this constant dance of responsibility. Right. He's actually working from home now mostly. So we're both working from home most of the time. So we really had this opportunity to, to unpack yeah. Uh, you know, our, our relationship to what we do in yeah. the home. And it's been really wonderful for us. And it's not common that both parents are working from home, but right. it's been really helpful to be able to see that and also to see my control issues, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because yeah. a lot of it is they're fine, but it's not being done the way I imagine it. <laughs> and part of that comes back to, you know, the emotional load 
that mothers hold, right? Yeah. When both parents are working out at the house, and I've spoken countless women, and this is a thing, it's been written about, there's just this emotional load. So even though my husband may be taking care of a lot for me, you know, yes. for the home and for the kids, and he is, I'm still tracking in my mind, did everybody get their vitamins? Is yep. I didn't need any groceries. You know, what time is this? What if, there's just this um, this load of like what to do that's being held. You know, it's like a project management role. Yeah. That often women role, women women hold. And so I think it's a combination of those things. I think it's what we've always done and we're in this massive transition. Completely. Right? I, I you know, I did it for when I was working on bring your whole self to work. I did a lot of interviews, you know, and I mean, I've, you were on my podcast. I've started podcasting a while back as I was doing some of these interviews because I wanted to capture people's stories. And, and, but there were a series of interviews I did with some executives and people that I know in Silicon Valley um, that I didn't actually record them and put them on the podcast. But one particular interview I did with this woman who's an executive down in the Valley. And she said this fascinating thing to me. She said, Mike, I'm the only woman on the executive team at my company and she said, look, I'm grateful to have this job. There's a lot of benefits to it. I feel blessed. And she's like, and my husband's career is really important to him. So he works as well. He said, but I am the only person on our executive team, male or female, and I happen to be the only woman who has a working spouse. Mm, yes. So she said, you know, I sit around the table and we have those executive team meetings or we have board meetings, we have things going on. And like, I'm texting under the table to manage that my children are taken care of and someone's picking them up. And I'm like, I have to deal with a certain set of life circumstances that my counterparts aren't dealing with. And she's like, look, and I'm not going to complain about it because I have this great job. And there are a lot of people, particularly a lot of women in Silicon Valley and other places that like they have two working spouses because they have to, like we're in a position where one of us could stay home. And there are definitely female executives who have, you know, their husbands stay at home but she was just, when she said that to me, I thought, gosh, you know, it's challenging enough as a woman in the business world to try to get a seat at the table. And then there you are at the table to what your point about the emotional load, but then even practically speaking, she's still a mother and has lots of expectations that she puts on herself and that society puts on her of how she's supposed to be with her children. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, so again, I just think there's a lot of layers of this that I don't think we talk about enough at work. And it's yeah. tricky because even when you bring some of this stuff up, there's also like people have children of different ages, right? People have spouses who are really engaged and supportive and ones who aren't. There are people sitting around sometimes and we start talking and I'm working with a team and, and issues about children and come up. And then inevitably, if people start to really get real, there might be someone in that team who isn't married or has had a hard time having children or it's like, it's super emotional to even talk about. So someone's sitting around complaining about their kids or stressed out about a child and someone's over here going yeah, I'd love to have a kid. I don't have one. Do you know what I mean? So it, it gets into some really personal, very deep emotional places that for the most part, I think we're doing a better job of, but we tend to mostly avoid. Yeah. And there's a fear often too of people even talking too much about their children or their families or their home life at work, which I always find to be fascinating because it's like the most important thing in most of our lives, yet we somehow have decided... I don't know. I'm not supposed to talk too much about that or people are going to think I'm whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. You know, and you really are pointing to what ultimately needs to change, which is the system, yeah. right? the organizational system. And that's where so much of your work is so helpful, you know, for people to be able to be authentic 
and yeah. know themselves and to be their whole self. Yeah. Right? We have, we have to we have to do that first, and then we need permission to do that in right. our organizations and in our companies. We need permission to do that because right now it's just shush, shush under the table, and and we don't have women at these higher levels in many organizations at all, or we don't have enough of them. Right, and so there's just this lack of understanding. But I think that's also why sometimes we don't have women at the upper levels. It's true. I mean, I, I remember sitting at lunch with a woman about this is probably eight or nine years ago. Um, one of the companies I do some work with, and we were talking about we were just talking about life and business and her career, and she had just come back to work after having her second child. And I was asking her about her job and how she liked it. And, you know, we just, just talking like real, you know, human beings about what was up. And I said to her something about, you know, where does she see herself or is she interested or, you know, and she was talking about kind of like her boss's boss. And I was like, well, would you want to have that job? And she said, no. Yeah. See, that's another visit. And I was like, what? And again, and, and my male brain was like, okay, normally if I'm talking to most men, I mean, not every man is ambitious per se, but like, oh yeah, what's the next job? What's the next role? How do I get to that next level? They'd, want coaching from me for how to get there. Right. And she said, I don't want that job. And I was like, why not? And she goes, because from what I can see, there's no way I could be there for my children and have that job. Yeah. Right. And it was, it just in that moment. And then we started to talk about, again, some of what you and I are talking about, about some of the differences for fathers and for mothers and for us as men and women. But again, it's like, how often are we really talking about that? Yes. You know, that women don't actually want that job. Yeah. Or that they're even seeing what's up there, you know, at the kind of executive, you know, <laughs> what needed. Yeah. And they're like, eh, no, no, thank you. It's kind of like women in politics, right? I'm right. so excited that so many women are entering into politics now and hopefully it will change politics. But ironically, that's what we need. You know, we need more women in politics in leadership roles. We need more people in organizations in leadership roles for those stories to be able to change. But I do think women, you know, I've had a theory about this for a long time that they're just not, they're not interested. And you're seeing, I'm really curious. I don't know if there's statistics on this, but on like online businesses, like yeah. how, what the percentage of women to men is. Right. Feel like women are just writing their own tales, right? Yeah. They're, they're forging a new path and creating more independent businesses for themselves. Yeah. So it's really fascinating to see how it evolves. Absolutely. Well, one of the things I think that the online world has done, and this is true, look, even in the work that you and I do, writing books and, and publishing and putting work out into the world, whether it's podcasts or blog posts or, you know, all, there's so many avenues now. I mean, look, if we went back 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago, right? You and I couldn't be having this conversation, recording it. People are listening to it on, you know, smartphones and devices, wherever they are in the country, in the world. And right, there's the way to create content and put it out in the world. You had to go through whatever the system was, if you will, in order to have your voice be heard. Like a magazine editor had to say, okay, we're going to listen to her or a, a book, you know, a publishing editor would have to say that, or there were, you know, so just using that as an example, and there's lots of obviously online businesses that aren't related to, you know, writing and coaching and, and putting out content like this per se, but what the internet has done, and, and especially the sort of social media world, we now all have the ability to express ourselves, to publish, to put content and information out in the world, but also to actually start businesses. And in so many ways, you know, it's a way for a lot of people, both male and female, but I think to your point, I would imagine a good number of women as well is like, hey, I don't necessarily have to buy into the system or the matrix, so to speak. I'm going to go and do this thing my own way 
And if I have something of value to offer, people will resonate with it. And then I don't necessarily have to play by the hierarchical rules that have been in place for a long time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that I see, you know, so much of like the first of the five principles in Bring Your Whole Self to Work is around being authentic. And I've been talking about and researching and writing about authenticity for many years. And, and one of the exercises that I do with teams that I work with and when I come in to speak is a, is a really simple but profound exercise where, you know, we'll do it either in pairs or small groups, or if this, the group's small enough, I'll actually do it with the whole team. But it's an opportunity for people to you know, the metaphor I use is the iceberg metaphor. And we sort of lower the waterline on the iceberg and get more real and vulnerable with each other. And I have, I usually start and just, you know, the the way the exercise goes is I just have everybody say, okay, you're going to have about a minute or two minutes. And when it's your turn, you'll just repeat the phrase. If you really knew me, Mm, you know this about me. Right. And then, and, and again, it's, it's an, in the moment, what's happening, how am I feeling right in this moment? And I always start with whatever's true and real for me in that moment. And what's interesting, Michelle, in all my years of doing this exercise in different environments and different companies at different you know, industries and levels, and it's so amazing that what's down below the waterline when people start to open up and get real has a lot to do with their personal relationships, their family. And again, if they're parents, oftentimes they start to talk about their children um, or what's going on. You know, Maybe they have small kids and they're dealing with all that goes along with having babies and toddlers and not sleeping, and you know, or maybe they have school age kids and they're, maybe they have teenagers and, you know, there's some really intense series. Maybe they, they even have grown kids, but it's amazing that so much of the conversation comes back to parenting and how that's going or where I might be failing or where it's hard or where it's difficult or trying to balance it all. And, you know, hearing lots of people talk about feeling like they're failing both at work and at home yeah. because the nature of the world today is such that, you know, we're, there's so much expectation on us and we're supposed to be working all the time and being present with our kids all the time. And it's like back to the conversation on work-life balance. You and I were having a few minutes ago. It's like, I don't know that it exists. And most of the relatively conscious parents that I know without being overly harsh on themselves feel at times, if not often, that they're failing and screwing up in some way. Yeah. And that belief can just eke into so much of our, of our lives. Yeah. How we show up. Yeah. What, what kind of, what advice would you give to a working parent who either works from home or has to work in an office is doing a lot of work and, you know, in this kind of balancing dance, thinking of your book and thinking of the principles in your book, you know, what are one or two things that you would suggest to them? I think the first thing is to have a place and maybe it's at work, maybe it's with a coworker or someone else you work with. Ideally it's more than one person, or if you can, you work in a, in an organization where you, a manager, somebody you report to, but a place where you can go and just really be real about whatever's going on in your life in general, but particularly with respect to parenting. Because I think one of the things that we all do as parents to our own detriment. And this is why I think, Michelle, your work's so important in your book and this podcast and all the work that you do is like safe places for us to go as parents to tell the truth about what it's really like. Yeah. You know, to instead of pretending like we have it together and, oh, it's all great. And here, let me post this on Instagram and Facebook and like, look, we're on vacation. We're all really happy family. When it's like, you know, two seconds before the picture, everybody was like punching each other and screaming at each other. And you know what I mean? Like, like that's the reality of what it's like 
to be a parent, right? It's like sitting in the emergency room with my 12-year-old the other night as she's like writhing in pain from an earache and I'm sitting there completely helpless going, what are they going to do? And, you know, and she was fine, but it was just one of those many moments that I have as a parent when I get home and talk to my wife. I'm like, that was awful. And I just like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I was trying and completely failing miserably. And I just wanted to like hug her and make the pain go away. And I couldn't do that. You know, and I just think like, the, but, but the reality of the conflict that I think most of us feel with respect to our parenting and the work that we do, like, I think we just have to find environments where we can be real about that, not whine and complain about it, but be real, get some support and have some empathy. And the second part of that I would say is also, again, ideally, if we can do it with people that we work with, because they understand the context of the work that we're doing. Sometimes what'll happen is I'll go get some support from someone in my life who's really great and wonderful and they can give me some support around parenting, but they don't totally understand my work. Right. So, you know what I mean? So if you can find someone at work or who does similar kind of work that you do, that you can both have the conversation about parenting and about the work and support each other. But to start that conversation to some degree with people that you're working with, again, not commiserating and complaining, but really from a place of like, hey, let's support each other and let's figure out how we can actually do this and not feel like we're selling out on our work at the same time selling out on ourselves as parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes there's not even an answer. There's just being a good listener and like Ab- just having a safe place for it to the words to land. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's another thing that what's so tricky about parenting. I mean, among many other things in life, but I think we're often so easy to give advice, um, which can be helpful. You know, and look, I mean, at some level, you and I and many people who do what we do, we're kind of in the advice business, for lack of a better way to describe it. But I think a lot of times, particularly with parenting, because it's so personal and it's so intimate, it's so vulnerable, like what we really need more than anything is just to be heard. Yeah. You know, one of the men in my men's group said this thing to me the other night that I so appreciated. He was, he, we were, he he was, he was giving me a compliment and he said, I just, like, I want to acknowledge you, Mike, as a father, not for being a perfect father, because, you know, like everybody, you know, and the men in my men's group know as well or better than anybody some of the stuff that I struggle with. But he just said, the fact that you care as much as you do, like, that's a gift to your children. That you're, you know, and, and in saying that, I just, I was really touched by that acknowledgement because it wasn't like, oh, you did such a great job or way to go doing this for your, your daughters. It was more just like, I just want to acknowledge the fact that you care. And that really touched me in a way that I appreciated. And I think sometimes we're trying so hard to do the right thing and say the right thing and be the right kind of parent and, you know, be the perfect whatever, which of course is always a recipe for disaster and for failure. Because if our goal is to be perfect, we're never going to come close and, and always feel like we're failing. But to be able to acknowledge, you know, sometimes even the struggle, sometimes even the, the challenge of it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's hard. Yeah, And it's hard. And I, I, I wrote a blog post not too long ago called everything's fine until it isn't. And then it <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Talking. Cause that's kind of it, you know, yeah. it's yeah. fine. And then it isn't, then it is. <laughs> right. And that's where these practices, you know, mindfulness and compassion and awareness do their best work and yeah. helping us to not navigate, but just to ride it, you know, just to ride what is right now. And, you know, like when you're in the hospital with your daughter, I'm sure there was, you know, as triggered as you were, I almost guarantee just knowing you the way I do, there was a sense of, you know, and this is going to pass, you know, isn't going to be forever. And, you know, I 
it doesn't, it, you, you knew that situation wasn't the whole of it all. Right. right. And it's, I think what's important about parenting as much as almost anything, at least in my life, and I'm assuming it's true for many people listening is, you know, it's, it's one of the most important and most vulnerable experiences of being human in that like I, we care so much and love our children so much and want to do right by them and want to support them. And it's a constant process of failure and of readjusting and right. Like it's messy. Like you talk about, it is a messy experience. And I think the other part of it that I've been dealing with recently, you know, Samantha, our older daughter's 12 and Rosie's nine and a half. And like, as Samantha's going through the phase that she's in now of entering, you know, adolescence and puberty and, and, I've been noticing myself grieving the loss of my little girl mm, who's yeah. like, right. You know, and just seeing the difference, even having an, another daughter who's just a few years younger and the difference between the two and like trying to both appreciate them for who they are and where they are and not make them wrong. But at the same time going, wow, there's a part of me that's really sad that like Samantha doesn't call me daddy anymore and calls me dad. Mm. Right. And just so, but giving myself permission to feel that and experience that and not, dump that on her or turn it into something weird, but like, oh, wow, that part's hard. That's another part of it that's hard that no one ever prepared me for that I never thought about that's going to keep happening, right? And, and I think there's so many aspects of parenthood if we go about it in a conscious, mindful way as you teach that can so enrich our lives, not just make us better parents, but better people. And I actually think the same is true when I'm out in the world doing my work, as focused as I am on my work, I also try to keep my girl's and Michelle in my mind, because they're one of the main reasons why I'm out there doing what I'm doing. And similarly, when I'm home with them, I try to be mindful of the work that I do that means so much to me, because if I can remember some of the things I actually write about and speak about that are important and bring it into my parenting, it actually makes me (laughs) even better as a parent. So you know what I mean? For me, I'm so grateful to be in both of those worlds in ways that, that are important to me. But I think for all of us as working parents, it's like, being a little kinder, a little gentler, a little more compassionate with ourselves on both sides of the equation benefits on either, us on either side. Yeah, it does. Well, I am so excited for our listeners to to get out and buy your book, bring yourself <laughs> to work. Um, we are, we're just about out of time, which is hard to believe. Won't I know. Fast. Yes. I want to make sure that um, you share how people can reach you. And I know you have this special website for the book that's going on. Can you share? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, if you just go to my website, which is mike-robbins.com slash work, that's kind of the page about the book and it talks about how you can get the book. And I recorded a few audios that are sort of free when people order the book um, that are related to the different kind of roles we play at work. So it's mike-robbins.com slash work. Oh, great. And also, if you have not ever seen Mike speak, I suggest you go to his website and <laughs> he's an amazing motivational speaker and just speaker in general. He's spoken all over the world at every top company you can think of. <laughs> and he's, it's just such a joy. I mean, I've gotten to hear him in person several times and um, it's it's really something special. Thank you for being with us, Mike, and sharing your sharing about your new book, but just really sharing of your heart and yourself as you always do. Mm, thanks, Michelle. Yeah. And we're going to say goodbye to our listeners. Thank you for being with us. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Bye. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. Michelle's new book, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World, 
Living with Presence and Parenting with Purpose, is now available at Amazon and at mindfulparentingbook.com. Get your copy today.